It's Wednesday, February 2nd, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Global Gains, Tim Hansen, from Income Investor James Early, and from Hidden Gems, Seth Jason. Guys, happy Groundhog Day. Thank you, Chris. We've got a slap fight between Google and Microsoft, and we've got earnings from Mattel. We'll get to those in a minute. Uh, but the violent conflict continues in Egypt, and yet that hasn't stopped some investors from piling into the Market Vectors Egypt Index ETF, Wall Street's only publicly traded Egypt fund. The fund was up 8% yesterday on trading that was 80 times the normal volume. Tim Hansen, what in the world is going on here? Well, this is, this is crazy in a lot of ways, but I, I will say that I, I agree with the sentiment sort of behind this, which is that, you know, as Warren Buffett says, be greedy when others are fearful. Um, the Egyptian stock market is down sharply since these, these protests and now riots began. Yet, you know, Egypt arguably has a lot of great assets, including probably the biggest blue chip toll booth asset in the world, the Suez Canal. So there's some good fundamentals there to take advantage of on, on a dip. But the reason trading in this Egypt fund is crazy is because the Egyptian stock market now has been closed for since a last week. Thursday. So the Egypt ETF is, is supposed to be tracking the underlying values of the stocks that are actually trading in Egypt. But those stocks aren't trading in Egypt. So the price that you're paying for the Egypt ETF is basically just being pulled out of thin air by the ETF provider, which means that you know when the Egyptian stock market does open, reopen next week or whenever, if the stocks are significantly lower than what the you know, fake value that market vectors invented, you're going to lose a lot of money in one day. And that, that makes this a very dicey situation. I like the sentiment, but wait for the Egyptian stock market to reopen. So you're saying, that is the nutty, you're, you're even talking <laughs> crazier talk. You're saying people should try and figure out what, a, what an equity is worth and not just pay anything for it when it's popular. <laughs> but isn't it a self-fulfilling right. prophecy? I don't know what percent of the, the stock volume is made up by this ETF. But well, the, the local market is driven by mostly Egyptian investors and some foreign investors coming out of Europe, but more sophisticated investors, not the individuals who might be buying this Egypt PT ETF. So you're saying it's not the brain donors who are doing the buying. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, but like I said, I like the sentiment. You know, Africa as a region especially has a lot of economic promise to it. I would diversify more so than just one country. Uh, market Vectors also offers a pan african Africa ETF, the ticker is AFK, which if you're if you're really interested in buying things when there's a little political turmoil, but you like the long-term situation, probably a better, broader bet from a diversification perspective. Seth, let's get even more boring because I think this piece is important probably <laughs> as well. Some of these ETFs track a tiny percentage of what's actually in the markets. How closely does the Egypt this Egypt ETF track uh, what's in that market? Well, basically it's tracking, you know, this is the thing when you come down to uh, emerging markets that don't have a lot of homegrown companies. The Egyptian ETF is tracking some big Egyptian banks, um, Arascom, Telecom, some some big companies in Egypt, but it's not tracking, you know, the consumer goods, which are largely being supplied by uh, Coca-Cola Ichichek, which is actually based in Turkey, but that, you know, that's a nice consumer play um, in North Africa. But again, that's why when, it, you know, when it comes to buying ETFs for emerging market exposure, you don't want that single country focus all, all the time. You want to look at what's under the hood. And when it comes to EMEA, which is the you know Middle East Africa region, I really think AFK is the better bet than any single country ETF. But for the people who are interested in Egypt, now that the market is down 20% and closed, you know, that's the right thing to do. You're asking the right question, but you're not answering that question in the correct way. James? And, and pardon me for belaboring the obvious, but I like the idea of, of going in and, and buying these beaten down stocks too. But if the market's been closed, how do we know that they're beaten down? Well, they, uh, they were down before it closed. Down a little bit before. <laughs> well, they were down 20% before. Arguably, it's gotten worse. So you'd that doesn't sound to too be bad down, to me. They'd be down more. 
So we'll see. I think when the market reopens, everybody who bought the ETF while the market was closed is going to be in for a little bit of a rude awakening because my guess would be that the value that Market Vectors is inventing for some of these stocks that they can't find inputs for is higher than what the market's willing to pay, You know, especially with the, the protests getting more violent today. For Maybe we get one of these people to call in and just explain himself on the show. It'd be kind of interesting. Oh, you know, but this is the thing with ETF, ETF buying is that people buy the Egypt ETF and they think they're doing something smart. And, you know, people buy the China ETF or they buy the emerging markets ETF and they think they're making the right play, but they have no idea what's actually in, you know, they don't know what's in the hot dog. I was just going to say, you recently compared yeah. ETFs to hot dogs. You know, and so this is why ETF is like, it, you know, it, it's a, it was a great innovation for the market, but it's also uh, you know, hugely dangerous in the sense that people just aren't doing, you know, it's the lazy solution. And when you, when you take the lazy way out, you're never going to end up with a, a optimal results. Get a hot dog. <laughs> Google has accused Microsoft of copying its search results for use in Microsoft's Bing search engine. Google says Microsoft is using Internet Explorer features to track what Google users are searching for and then copying those results on its own search engine. Uh, Seth, Jason, Microsoft acknowledged doing that but says it's just one of the factors in determining their results. Uh, Google has called on them to just stop. Is that fair? Or it's, laughable. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Microsoft did not acknowledge copying, uh, air quotes, uh, Google's results. They did acknowledge using some of the data that they collect right. and, using, and using what Google serves in certain instances as an input into its own search results. This gets a little complex, but what it comes down to is this. Internet Explorer, or if you have the toolbar, reports certain data about what people are clicking when they're on certain websites. Google has toolbars that do the same thing. So what Google did is they tried to launch what they thought was a sting, not putting in a bunch of random numbers and then having and then having those linked to like the BlackBerry website or something, and so when Microsoft's uh, toolbar started to report this data back, eventually it was incorporated into some of the search results. And this hit actually 93 times out of the 100 phishing expeditions that Google did, this did not happen. So they're not copying much, but in a few instances, it did. Why this is funny to me is that it, it's really analogous. There are a lot of analogies you could make, but you know, maybe a, a football team, and they notice that you know certain teams in the league or a certain team in the league is having a lot of success with a certain type of play, so they start running that play once in a hey, while. Hey, that looks like it's working for them. Why don't we? Yeah, use why don't it? we try? I mean, that's that's the copying that's going on here, and I think it's hilarious because if this were an actual issue, Google would be trying to sue them. I, I don't know what they're trying to win in the court of public opinion, except to to prove them. You know, Microsoft equal bad and Google equal good, but I think it's it's just pretty funny. James, so Seth, as you were explaining to me a little bit earlier, you know, it, it sounds like Microsoft is basically looking at the Google results as one of many factors. Yeah, and they say they have a, you know a thousand indications or something they collect from that. But does Google do, do the same thing? I mean, or, oh yeah, they they'll, yeah they'll do the same exact thing. You know, with with all sorts of sites they troll. They all do this. I mean, that's that's why it's funny to call it copying, and it's also even more amusing if you think of how many you know products Google has copied from other people, you know, everything from their Facebook clone to their PayPal clone to their Twitter clone to their iPhone clone. Tim, what do you think of this? Yeah, I mean, there's no company out there that doesn't look at its competitors and, and, and copy best practices. You know, we subscribe to other investment newsletters here at The Motley Fool. You know, uh, Coca-Cola drinks Pepsi from time to time just to keep track of what the product tastes like. Coca-Cola itself drinks Pepsi? Well, the (laughs) executives at (laughs) Coca-Cola. You know, there was that snafu between Coke Zero and Coke going back a little ways. Sure. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, but this fits. What is Google trying to accomplish? I think this fits a narrative they're trying to press on the tech world, 
which is that Google is innovative and Microsoft is not. And SS said if this were a real problem, they'd be pursuing it in court, not in the court of public opinion. But, you know, when it comes to consumer electronics like the iPhone, like any of these, you know, services that aren't, aren't really super high tech, they're just high tech enough to be neat brand matters, and, and Google wants to be known as an innovative brand, and to the extent they can demonize a large, well-capitalized competitor, I think that's that's their aim here. And finally, Mattel's revenue for the latest quarter was up 9%, higher than expected. Driving the results this holiday season were dolls. Barbie, American Girl, and the new Monster High dolls all sold strongly. And I Monster can te- High? What is I, Monster High? Monster High, I can attest to this because I, I helped Mattel's revenue this quarter. You uh, own a Monster High doll? Uh, one of my daughters does. Sure. Um, <laughs> Monster High, the, it's actually pretty brilliant. The philosophy behind Monster High is that all of the iconic monsters have children who are teenagers in high school together. So it's the children of Frankenstein, Dracula, Medusa, all that sort of thing. Don't they... Isn't that unfair? I mean, they're copying the monsters. Shouldn't somebody <laughs> blog about that and put it on the front page of the New York Times? Seven uh, percent of the month. We'll get to that tomorrow. <laughs> James Early, what did you make of Mattel's quarter? Yeah, the girls' toys uh, really did save the day. Especially, it was interesting that they were increasingly bought by boys as well. Uh, I'm kidding, um, but uh, I'm not going to let my son have anything pink. By the way, too, even though I'm wearing a pink shirt. <laughs> pink wearing shirt. a pink shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barbie, an American girl. Uh, really, really helped Mattel. Uh, its gross margins were down. A lot, we, we see this in a lot of uh, manufacturing-type companies these days. You know, input costs are a little bit higher. What's interesting, though, I will say, is Fisher Price toys were flat for the quarter and down for the year versus uh, Barbie and, and, and uh, American Girl. Uh, my thesis with the toy business in general is that these multi-platform character-based Character-based brands uh, are, are really the future. The, the stuff that's like the, the, the plain old rocking horse, the dump truck with no branding. Uh, kids want less and less of that. They want Elmo. They want Barbie. They want the brand. And, and um, which is sick. Hey, okay, <laughs> it's, it's real. They want the iPhone when they grow up too. <laughs> Yeah, I go to uh, pick up my daughter a little bit early at daycare, and so all the kids are still there. And, you know, every half the words they shout out at me, they're very cute, but they are branded products. So it's all about Elmo. It's about about somebody. I don't know what most of them are. It's not just about Elmo. My my daughter Maeve, when she was two years old, I was just, as a Starbucks shareholder, I was so proud that she could recognize the Starbucks logo. I was like, oh. And now they went and changed it. She has no idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She and everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, we're going to wrap up with a quick Mattel quiz. Uh, which of the following has not been one of Barbie's careers? A U.S. presidential candidate, Canadian Mountie, or Wall Street banker? Which one has not been a Barbie career? Wall Street banker. James? Uh, is a presidential candidate really a career? I'll go with that one. All right. <laughs> it is for some. No, I was <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you met Dennis Kucinich? <laughs> <Or> Sharpton? <laughs> uh, I'll say presidential candidate also. Uh, it's actually Wall Street banker. Right. Uh, Barbie's had over 100 careers, but uh, she has been both a Mountie and a presidential candidate. <laughs> Mountie is Well, that greatest. Mountie is no-brainer. Obvious, I mean, between yeah, the boots yeah, the and the red jacket. Oh, yeah. It's a natural. It's, it's a natural fit. Uh, in 1963, Barbie babysits came with a book entitled How to Lose Weight. What advice, awesome. What advice did the book give on how to lose weight? Is it A, exercise is fun? B, fruits and vegetables are tasty? Or C, don't eat. There's no way it's the first two. <laughs> Thumb down the throat. Um, I'm going to say, uh, which, which, which was the, the odd one out? Uh, which one was the real one? Uh, you, you have to guess, yeah, which one and What year one? was this Fruits again? and vegetables are fun. 1963. Ooh, 63. I'll say the exercise. Oh, i got to go back. 
You're gonna I don't back? know. I'm, I'll stick with my original vapid answer. You're smart, too. Don't eat. That's what Barbie wow. was telling <laughs> little girls in 1963. You want to lose? See, Wait, I was, trying, I was just Technically reading about true, the history right? of fitness because of all Jack LaLanne's dying, right. right? And so I was thinking, 63, fitness was already in, but then I, it didn't occur to me that the the executives running Barbie are like the guys from Mad Men, and they were like, by definition, 20 years behind. Well, this persists to this day. My wife was reading Shape Magazine the other day, and there was a quiz about, should you, if you're given the choice, to lose weight. (laughs) No, she just reads everything aloud to me. Um, To lose weight, should you eat a bagel or a donut? And the answer was donut, because it had fewer calories overall, but they're all like horrible sugar. Yeah, hydrogenated. You know, and the point is, eat the bagel and then go exercise rather than you know. But I, if you I, don't know, the point is, eat the donut and run <laughs> circles in the house <laughs> and bounce off the walls. So if I'm hearing you correctly, I need to eat more donuts. I need to incorporate more donuts. Okay, according to the experts, that shape. Ma- I don't know what shape bagels they want do you have to a be, lot of. They do have a lot of calories. That's why you that's eat true. them the you morning after you run. Right? But, yeah, you know, food is fuel. It's not something to be tolerated or avoided in order to, I don't know. All right, final one. Which of the following is not a Barbie-related product? A, Princess Unicorn Barbie, B, Tanner the Dog, who comes with a pooper scooper, or C, Sugar's Daddy Ken? (laughs) What? Seth? Sugar's Daddy Ken? Yes. That, there's no way you could have made that up. (laughs) So, I don't know, what were the first two? Uh, Princess Unicorn Barbie and Tanner the dog who comes with a pooper scooper. Princess Unicorn Barbie. Yeah, it's fictitious. Princess Unicorn Barbie. I don't know. What, a, what is, what is a, a red Princess herring. Unicorn? It's Barbie's a red herring. Barbie's a realistic fiction character. Uh, they are all Barbie products, oh, and yeah. I cannot encourage you enough to go online and search, and, su- and search for Princess Unicorn Barbie. It is the scariest damn thing you will see. It's basically a Barbie with a unicorn head, uh, horns. Oh, the Barbie itself is, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, but she yeah, goes sh- to Monster High. Uh, sh- <laughs> Sugar's Daddy Ken uh, was actually geared for adult, adult Barbie collectors and was supposed to <laughs> sort of embrace Palm Beach fashion. Uh, and uh, Mattel claims that Did the dolls... Did you say adult? Barbie collector? Exactly. Is that adult Barbie? Or <laughs> like the collectors of adult, adult collectors of Barbies. <laughs> Got it. You can read that on the internet. Um, Mattel claims that the doll's name was in reference to Ken's pet, Sugar, a, uh, a terrier that Ken keeps on a pink leash. Uh, but critics, you know, I saw quite it. rightly, in my opinion, uh, <laughs> refer to the doll as Sugar Daddy Ken, which is, which when you, again, if you just search for Sugar's da- uh, Daddy Ken online, you'll... I, I think I saw him in the Miami Marathon last week. Pink no, leash <laughs> in South Beach? Yeah. Is he the guy not being sponsored in those new Miller High Life commercials? I think you're right about that. Yeah. All right. Tim Hansen, James Early, Seth Jason. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you, thanks, Chris. Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Good luck editing that one. <laughs> <laughs>